from iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade, starring Maya Hawke as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Welcome to the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. I'm your host, Mike De Niro. Today, we have a super stack show. We're talking all about this past weekend, SmackDown from WWE, AEW Rampage, and we'll be talking all about WWF, In Your House, Bad Blood from 1997. Yes, the same show that had the very first, the very first Hell in a Cell matchup between The Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, as well as... The debut of the big red machine came. But before we get into all that, I want to thank all my Wrestling DeLorean passengers for riding with the Wrestling DeLorean. I salute you. Thank you so much. Thank you for so much for joining us today on this Monday. We have a super stack show. Who we got up here? We got the gaming entourage right here. What's good? That's the homie. We have a super stack show, like I said. But first, if you don't already follow the Wrestling DeLorean podcast on Instagram at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, follow on TikTok at Wrestling DeLorean Pod, and follow on Twitter at W underscore DeLorean Pod. 
Also, while you're at it, hit that subscribe button right here on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button right here on Twitch at The Wrestling DeLorean. And make sure you follow the Facebook group. We are live on all three platforms right now. So without further ado, let's get into the Super Stack Show right now. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for allowing me into your Monday afternoon or evening routine before Monday Night Raw goes on the air. We're going to make this a shorter but a, you know, high-quality episode. Before we talk about our topics of the day, I want to give a big shout-out to my sponsors at 3fallsbrand.com. If you don't know what 3falls Brand is, 3falls Brand is the best rock and wrestling merchandise on the planet. And on top of that, they are also the home of Wrestling DeLorean podcast merchandise. So if you want to support the podcast, all you got to do is go to 3fallsbrand.com and cop the merchandise. I'm going to let the CEO of 3fallsbrand.com, I'm going to let him talk to you for a bit. But I'm going to also show you these really dope designs from 3falls Brand because, real talk, you can't beat these. These designs are fire. Let me pull that up for you right now. Here we go. Here we go. Listeners, this is Mean Gene of Three Falls Brand. Are you a fan of wrestling? Are you also a fan of rock music? If so, check out threefallsbrand.com for all your WrestlePunk merch. We've got tons of wrestler and band mashup designs to choose from, whether it be RVD and Black Sabbath, Atsushi Onita and the Lower Class Brats, Doink the Clown and the Addicts, or Mortis and the Misfits. We've got you covered. Also, follow us on Instagram at Three Falls Brand. Again. Check us out at 3fallsbrand.com and on Instagram at 3fallsbrand. Thanks, and continue enjoying this episode of the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, 3falls Brand is not our only sponsor because we are proud to announce, we announced it last week actually, but we're proud to continue to announce that we are sponsored by Manscaped.com. Now, if you don't know what Manscaped is, Manscaped is your one-stop shop for all your male grooming needs. And now you could put in the promo code DeLorean, that's all caps, D-E-L-O-R-E-A-N, and you'll get 20% off all site-wide, no matter what it is, whether it is a $200 purchase or a $2 purchase, you'll get 20% off using the promo code DeLorean. I love Manscaped.com. I already got, you know, I've used TMI, but I've used the Weed Whacker. I've used the lawnmower. And it is well worth the price. And here you can get 20% off. You can't beat that. So make sure you go to manscaped.com and use the promo code DeLorean for 20% off. Now, let's talk a little wrestling. Before we do, let's see, let's see what the comments looking like. We got Courtney up in here. What's good, Courtney? I appreciate you joining. 
Gaming Entourage. Drop some money on his merchandise. This man is the real deal. Big support, homie. I got you when I get paid. I'm 30. I appreciate you. Real talk. Salute you, man. I appreciate you. You're the man. All right. So let's get into Friday night. I know a lot of people are eager to talk about Bad Blood 1997, but before we could go back in the day, let's talk about the modern day a little bit. SmackDown. What was your opinion on SmackDown, guys? Because me personally, I thought it was yet another great show written by, or I guess I know there's a cast of writers, but spearheaded by Triple H. I love the whole addition of Karrion Cross. I love the whole addition of Scarlet. I love what they're doing right now with Drew McIntyre and the Usos and it's a lot of good shit. Like, I, I really, you know, I really appreciate the direction of WWE in general right now. But SmackDown has been really good lately. But something I said last week on this podcast was I would love to see Triple H bring prestige back to the um, Intercontinental title, right? And I think that within a week, one week later, that is exactly what happened. Because it was only a week, and they already not only had video packages for it, they had a match that they built up towards for a couple weeks with Shinsuke Nakamura versus Gunther. But on top of that, it was the main event of SmackDown. When was the last time the Intercontinental title match was the main event of anything? That was a title that used to main event shows left and right back in the day. That was a title that was held by greats like John Cena, Shawn Michaels, Razor Ramon, Bret the Hitman Hart, Rowdy Roddy Piper, The Rock. This is a title that had prestige. And for the last couple years, I would say, it didn't have that same feeling. But within one week, they already brought it back to, you know, upper echelon. Courtney, I'm about to talk about the hit road too. Trust me, we're we going to get into that. we definitely going to get into that. But yeah, for sure. Back in the 90s was the last time that this felt like a main event freaking title. But with the video packages throughout the night, showing the history of that title, showing the history dating all the way back to Pat Patterson being the very first Intercontinental title holder, and then having a main event of high quality of wrestling Gunther and Shinsuke Nakamura put on a banger. This was old Shinsuke. This was Shinsuke Nakamura from his NXT days. Shit, I would even say this was Shinsuke Nakamura from his New Japan Pro Wrestling days. And the Gunther I saw, that was Walter as he was holding that fucking UK title. That was Walter who was making a fucking ruckus all over the UK scene. So it was nice to see them get time. It was nice to see them, like, get a long period of time, lots of uh, offense in, and they got the main event spot on a show that had Drew McIntyre, on a show that had the Usos, on a show that had the return of Karrion Cross, on a show that had the return of the hit row. The main event went to the IC title like it should have, and I really appreciate that. Let's see what the gaming entourage says. It's good to see the cross. It's good to see Cross be Cross and not holding him back like he was before he was let go. The IC title needs more respect. I agree, and it's good that it's getting back 
I, bro, exactly, 100%. First of all, it's great to see Cross back to the Killer Cross vibes and not, you know, whatever wannabe gladiator shit Vince McMahon dressed him up in between, like, before he got released. Because that wasn't it. That was not it. But anyway, the main event was phenomenal. And I, I'm really enjoying the icy title reign of Gunther. I thoroughly think that Gunther is going to be a guy who's going to be threatening Roman Reigns for the world title in a couple months if he doesn't lose the title at Clash at the Castle. But with that being said, I also have to, have to talk about Hit Row. Now, that was a shocker for me. Seeing the Hit Row back was awesome. And it wasn't, you know, I understand people are like, oh, but it's not the full Hit Row without Swerve. Swerve is doing his own thing right now in AEW. Swerve seems happy, so let Swerve be happy. It, it was a shame that anyone would have thought that you should hold back B-Fab, Top Dollar, and uh, what's his name? Ashanti the Adonis because Swerve is not going to be in the group. That's fine. Swerve was the best wrestler in the group, yes, but if he signs AEW, that don't mean the whole Hit Row is, you know what I mean? So it was great to see Hit Row be re-signed to the WWE. It's clear that Triple H is trying to right the wrongs that Vince McMahon had last year when he released the whole fucking roster, basically. And also, it's great to see B-Fab on SmackDown. Because what was she there for, like, a week before she got released? And then two weeks later, the rest of the Hit Row got released? They didn't even get a chance. Hit Row on, on NXT was a really dope act. Hit Row was the first time, in my opinion, that I feel like you had real hip-hop in wrestling. Because you always had, like, I mean, let's, let's think about it. You got Max Caster right now. He's like the ha-ha funny hip-hop, like the little rap freestyler. John Cena was, you know, John Cena, he did it cool. But as much as I love the Doctor of Thugonomics, like, Hit Row seems like the homies from the hood that you fucking come across when you go to the bodega and shit. Like, it, John Cena never gave you that vibe. Max Cassidy doesn't give you that vibe. You know what I mean? So, Hit Row felt authentic. That's why I like them so much. And that's why I'm glad that they're back. Because I think that they never got the proper shot that they deserved. And now they are. Because now Triple H is in charge. And with that being said, so much more can happen. So much more. Sky's the limit. Triple H is bringing back his boys. He brought back Hit Row, Dexter Loomis, Karrion Cross, uh, Dakota Kai. Who would you guys like to see come back? Me personally, I know it's only a matter of time before we see Johnny wrestling on WWE television. I feel like if you bring back Gargano, you're probably going to bring back Candice LeRae as well. So who, would, who else would you guys like to see come back? Of course, Bray Wyatt as well. The Game of Entourage says he doesn't he does need to be back to Walter, though. I hope that he gets his name back. And dude, they dropping the ball with Hit Row when they released them. Oh yeah, they totally dropped the ball with Hit Row. And I, I I definitely like Walter better than Gunther, by the way. So I totally agree with that too. Courtney says, Who comes back tonight? I wonder. I'll tell you who comes back. Maybe nobody. You don't want to do a you don't want to do a return every week because if that's the case, the week that you don't have a return, people are gonna be let down. Kind of like while I was talking about how John Moxley bleeds every match, right? So now if John Moxley doesn't bleed, people are gonna be like, oh, that, that match wasn't uh, 
Like, no, you don't have to. But I would like to see more returns. I got a whole list of people I want to see come back. Corny says, I want Johnny and Candice LeRae. I totally agree. I, I want Johnny and Candice LeRae too. I would love to see the way back together. Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Indy Hartwell, and your boy, Austin Theory. So definitely SmackDown was great. I love the shit with, uh, with the Usos jumping Drew McIntyre while Scarlett's watching. And then the Usos tell Scarlett, tell your boy that Roman is coming after you or after Cross. And she says, that's funny because Cross had the same message for Roman. Fire. And they didn't even say that shit on the mic. That's the type of shit that I like. You know what I mean? Make the shit feel real, conversational. If I'm going to say something to you, if I have a problem with you, am I really going to go grab the mic to make sure everybody hears it? No, I'm going to tell it right to you. Like, man. So I, I really appreciate that. Like, that, that's little shit, the little subtle shit that Triple H does that's already making WWE seem so much more realistic. Courtney says, I want Indy Hartwell to be called up. Indy Hartwell deserves to be called up. And now with, um, I highly doubt they continue the storyline with Dexter Loomis and Indy Hartwell. But now with Dexter Loomis back, I think it's only right that you bring Indy Hartwell up also. So that will be dope. SmackDown was a great show. I'm giving it a strong four out of five. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Those two hours flew by so fast. I swear to God, man, like ever since Triple H got the book, it just feels like the hours fly by so fast when it comes to these shows. Raw feels like an hour. SmackDown feels like a half hour. Like, come on. That's great wrestling right there. You know it's fun and enjoyable when you could just sit through it and it comes, like, easy. The Game of Notre says, I enjoy watching it again now that Triple H is head of it. Hell yes. Ever since Triple H took the book, it, it's such – it's a more digestible show. It, it just is so much more easier to sit through, and I, I love it. Like, right now, it, it's no lie. I'm a big fan of AEW. I'm about to talk about AEW in a minute, but – you know, I'm not one of these people that's constantly trying to do AEW versus WWE. So me being a fan of both, it's better for me because now I got good wrestling almost every day of the week where before it would be like, all right, Raw skippable. SmackDown, I'll watch it when something good happens. I'll watch AEW, but sometimes AEW goes through, there's ups and downs. Now it's like, all right, AEW put on a good show this past week. Raw and SmackDown's on fire. NXT 2.0 is good as, like, yo, people sleep on NXT 2.0, but that show has been pretty good. Shout out to Solo Sequoia. It's definitely more entertaining. I totally agree with Courtney. My man Lennox Coleman in the building was good. Index reunion coming soon. <laughs> Hell yeah. All right, so I gave it a four out of five. What did you guys think about SmackDown? Because I thoroughly enjoyed it. All right, we're going to move on now. About... Right after SmackDown, we had AEW Rampage. AEW Rampage started out with the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, who I'm happy to see back, right? I, I It was hit or miss for me when it came to the match that Danielson had with Daniel Garcia because I thought that they ruined Daniel Garcia's moment by having the interference of Jake uh, Hager. If the whole story was... Brian Danielson wasn't ready to come back. So he was easily concussed or still dealing with concussion symptoms. And Daniel Garcia took advantage of that and won. That would have been more than enough and could have definitely elevated Daniel Garcia. But to have the whole story be that, you know, 
Jake Hager got involved, and that's the shit that kind of bothered me. So I'm really excited to see this matchup redone. I'm excited that it's also two out of three falls because this match has all the makings of being a technical classic. I got my man, the devious one, Ivan, in the building, the godfather of the Circle Debate. Shout out to Ivan. Always going to be appreciative of you giving me this platform on the Circle of Debate YouTube channel, bro. So thank you so much. I appreciate you joining, man. So yeah, definitely, like, I I'm excited for the two out of three falls. But I think that if they fuck this shit up again and you have somebody interfere, I'm going to be pissed. Because you're only fucking your younger talent when you do shit like that. When you have to have guys like Daniel Garcia, who could be your future have to fucking, you know, go through this type of shit. It's like, I don't get it. Like, I, I honestly feel like AEW can't help themselves sometimes when it comes to the interferences, and that's a problem. Like, all they got to do is just let it, let the match play out. You know what I mean? You had the built-in story of Brian Danielson coming back too early, so you didn't have to go with the whole, oh, Jake Hager is the one that screwed him. Why did Jake Hager have to fucking interfere when Brian Danielson's about to pass out anyway because he's already got a concussion? Like, come on. Like, that don't make sense to me. So hopefully this matchup is just more sense. It just makes more sense because the last one didn't to me. I thought the last one was great until the final fucking moments of it. Courtney says, be pissed like me. Courtney, <laughs> yeah, I always think that it's so funny when you go on these uh, AEW rants. Like, I'm right there with you. Like, I, there's a lot of shit that I don't like about AEW. I love AEW as a company. I think that it's great that, you know, when they do good shit, they do good shit. But I feel like sometimes they overbook things a little bit and they don't let things breathe. But shout out to Courtney. Everybody check out the CNC uh, Connection, her podcast with uh, Char on the OTTR channel is fire. Check that out. I love her AEW rants. Real talk. I don't need Jericho on my TV every week. <laughs> I mean, to who's its own? I mean, I, I'm right there with you. I, I'm kind of getting bored with Chris Jericho. Kind of been bored with Chris Jericho since last year, but it is what it is. I kind of like seeing the Lionheart because I grew up as an ECW fan. And as an ECW fan, I remember seeing Lionheart Chris Jericho and that whole gimmick. So that, I gave it a pass this week. What I didn't like seeing was John Moxley bleed to this man like he's been bleeding to everybody every single fucking week. Because John Moxley bleeds more than anything. Like John Moxley bleeds so much that it's insane. Like it, it's insane. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I went in the whole rant about John Moxley's bleeding habits on the circle debate last week and on what's it called? On uh my podcast on Friday. So I'm I'm a whatever we'll, we'll keep it moving the gaming entourage says sunny kiss finally getting the do yes sunny kiss is somebody who i worked with in tier one wrestling and sunny kiss is a great great person and it's awesome to see sunny kiss finally on tv because sunny kiss is somebody who was signed originally with aw in 2019 one of the first signings before the show was even on tv so i think you could count the amount of Sunny Kiss matches on Rampage or Dynamite with one hand, probably. And it's a shame because when AEW first came out, it was, you know, talked about how it's all inclusive and everybody's going to get a shot no matter how they look, their gender, their sexuality, 
no matter like that, none of that's going to play a factor. Everyone's going to get an opportunity. And then you don't see someone super talented, like Sonny kiss for almost a year. And that sucks because Sonny kiss is uber talented. So great to see Sonny kiss here on rampage. Um, Parker Boudreaux won the matchup, but having Sonny Kiss join the uh, the Trust Breakers or Trust Busters, I forgot the names, the Trust Busters, I thought that that was cool, right, for sure. But let's talk about Parker Boudreaux, the man who had all the hype, Harland in the NXT, right, Harland. <laughs> Baby Brock, as Courtney says here in the comments, what do you guys think about Parker Boudreaux? I think that he has the size for sure. I just think that he may not be ready for TV yet. I would like to see more of him owning his craft a little bit on AEW Dark, AEW Dark Elevation. I don't know. I feel like NXT kind of, well, AEW kind of jumps the gun sometimes when they see someone comes from NXT or WWE. And that that's the problem. Like, I don't know. They, they kind of just like fucking jump it. And it's like, just, just why don't you wait until the person's ready? doesn't matter where they came from. That wait until they're ready. But I'm not hating it. He's a monster. I think he's going to be a star uh, in the future. And I think that he's going to be definitely a big deal. I just don't think he's TV ready. As Courtney says, not TV ready at all. Um, the gamer, the gaming entourage says he's a good start to mold. I definitely agree. I think that he could be a star, but I think that uh, it's going to come in due time. Um, as for the mixed tag match between now Tay Mello, not, no more Tay Conti, Tay Mello, which sounds like a cocktail, teaming up with her new husband, hubby Sammy Guevara, going against Sky Blue and Dante Martin. This matchup was awesome. Like, lots of great athleticism. Um, I enjoyed it. The team of Sammy Guevara, the Guevaras, won the matchup. But definitely a good matchup. Altogether, though, like, just, I guess, just, like, overall, I think that Rampage was good. Um, I still think that Rampage needs a better time slot. Over here on the East Coast, Rampage comes on at 10, uh, 10 o'clock on a Friday. And, you know, the ratings are not too good. But 10 o'clock on a Friday is a rough spot to be in. So I definitely think that it would be better if they maybe – change the time slot. I'll be all for Fridays, but why not come on before SmackDown? Fridays at 7 sounds a lot more compelling to me than Fridays at 10. So that's the only thing. I think Rampage is a good show, but Rampage doesn't come off as must-see as Dynamite does to me. But something that was must-see is WWF Bad Blood in your house. 1997, the very first Hell in a Cell match. And we're going to be talking all about Bad Blood 1997 when we come back from this commercial break. So, do me a favor. Stay tuned. Protesters and supporters alike are lined up outside the United States Supreme Court this afternoon as a decision in the most hotly debated case in years is set to be delivered. From iHeart Podcasts, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case, Roe v. Wade. Sir, I graduated the top quarter of my class. We, we just, just don't have a spot for you. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney, Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. 
and Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. My chief qualification being I'm uncontroversial. You know how we both ended up on the Supreme Court? Politics. Damn right. This may be the longest of shots, but it's also the last chance for a lot of women. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. I'm trying to get you to stand for something, man. Now go to it. Listen to Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. From iHeart Podcast, Supreme, the battle for Roe, tells the story of the unlikely champions behind the landmark case Roe v. Wade. Starring Maya Hawk as 26-year-old lead attorney Sarah Weddington. We're challenging the Texas abortion laws in federal court. And Academy Award nominee William H. Macy as Supreme Court Justice Harry Blackman. Time is not the most important factor. Getting it right is. Listen to the podcast Supreme, the battle for Roe on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Queen of Extreme Francine. I am here today to let you know that you need to go and check out this very cool podcast that is happening right now. It's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast, and it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Yes, three days a week. It's amazing. And on Wednesdays, Wednesdays are really special because Edwin Melendez, he reviews ECW Hardcore TV and sometimes he even talks about yours truly. So you need to go and you need to look up this podcast. Again, it's called the Wrestling DeLorean Podcast. And it's on every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And please tell them that the Queen of Extreme Francine sent you. It's the man, the king, the god of this shit. Nick fucking Gage. And you know how I start this off. Shout out to all my MDK gang members around the world. Shout out to all my boys locked up in the cells. Eastern Bloc. Shout out to my hate club. Rest in peace, Big Day Hatred. And rest in peace, my brother Justice Payne. And I'm sending this video to my motherfucking boy. My gang member, Mike DeNiro. And Mike... I want to start this off by saying thank you, man, for repping the MDK gang the right way. I want to say thank you, like I tell the rest of the people, and I keep telling them and telling them, Mike, if it wasn't for you or the rest of the gang, me, Nick Gage, I wouldn't be here right now, Mike, and I definitely wouldn't be doing what I love, that's professional deathmatch wrestling. So I just wanted to say thank you, Mike. And I want to let all my MDK gang members know to go check out the Wrestling Delarine podcast. I was on it. It was a dope-ass podcast. We had awesome conversation. It was one of my favorite podcasts I did. 
and I don't do too many. And I've done some big ones. And this one was one of my favorites. So go check out the Delarain Podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. They do this shit three days a week. So from the king of this shit, from the god of deathmatch wrestling, go check out the Delarain Podcast. And remember, they do it three times a week. They ain't slacking. They're on top of their game. They do it Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you know what it is. It's MDK all fucking day. And Mike, I would love to be on your podcast again, man. back to the show ladies and gentlemen we are about to talk about in my opinion one of my favorite shows as a child not just because the show was fucking awesome but because of the main event the main event was one of the first matches i truly remembered as a child i was born in 1994 and i've been watching wrestling since 1994 because my parents were uber fans and were showing me uh wrestling since the day i was fucking born but i remember this show live and that is in your house, 1997, Bad Blood. First of all, in the chat, Gaming Entourage says MDK all fucking day. Yes, sir. Shout out to my boy Nick Gage. Even though he says the wrestling Delorean and it's the wrestling DeLorean, shout out to my boy Nick fucking Gage. Anyway, let's talk all about WWF in your house, Bad Blood, 1997. This was a show that was live from St. Louis, Missouri which is a very, you know, very famous wrestling town, especially in the NWA days. This show started out on a bit of a sad note, though. The show started out with Vince McMahon announcing that earlier in the day, Brian Pillman passed away due to an overdose. Very, very sad, especially because Brian Pillman was set to have a matchup on this show against Goldust. And literally last week, the go-home show to the show. We talked a lot about Brian Pillman and the storyline he was in with Marlena. And it's sad because I knew we were coming up on this day. And all I got to say, rest in peace, Brian Pillman. Thanks for all your contributions to professional wrestling. I was a big fan of Brian Pillman for sure. Um, Yeah, so we start out with a handicap matchup. It is the Nation of Domination, Rocky Maivia, the fighting, the what was it? The supreme fighting machine, Kama Mustafa and D'Lo Brown. They were set to go against the Legion of Doom and Ken Shamrock, but Ken Shamrock was injured at the hands of Farouk. So the Legion of Doom is going on two on three here. This was a good matchup, a lot of smash mouth action. Um, this is where you really start to see the personality of Rocky Maivia morphing into the rock because 
The Rock was fucking. He had all this attitude with him all of a sudden. Rocky Maivia was a bit of a bland character, but here on this show, you saw a lot of attitude coming out of Rocky Maivia. Courtney says, I cry my eyes, Brian Pillman. Rest in peace, Pillman, for sure. A legend. Game and Nantra says, very upsetting that day, man. Rest in peace, Flying Brian. Hell yeah. Brian Pillman is an absolute legend. I don't care what anybody says. Brian Pillman was the first wrestler, in my opinion, to blur the lines between what's a shoot and what's a work. Because when he was doing his loose cannon shit, even the boys in the back thought he was fucking shooting with everybody. But anyway. Uh, in the end, we had Farouk interfering in the matchup, costing uh, the Legion of Doom and leading to Rocky Maivia hitting the rock bottom on Road Warrior Animal for the victory. So the Nation of Domination pick up this victory. Next, we have a tag team title match. It is the Godwins versus the Headbangers. This matchup was pretty good. The Godwins are heels at this time. The Headbangers are over as fuck. Like, don't let nobody tell you that the, the Headbangers were not needed or no one cared about them. Because, real talk, they came out to a massive pop. The Headbangers were over. But at this time, I feel like everybody was over. Because no matter what the name was, everybody came out to a huge pop. That crowd was hot and electric all night long. This was a really good matchup. Uh, the Godwins win the match. They are now your new tag team champions. But in the end, they continue the post-match beatdown on the Headbangers. And they wouldn't stop until Sergeant Slaughter came out and told Howard Finkel to announce that if the Godwins don't leave the ring, they will be stripped of their new tag team champions. So the Godwins get out. They, they then pick on uh, Howard Finkel a little bit. They almost slopped him, if you don't know what that means. Uh, the Godwins used to walk around with a fucking big-ass bucket of pig slop, and they would throw it all over you, which is absolutely disgusting. But anyway, pretty good matchup. Uh, two good matches back-to-back. -back. Next, we have footage of Stone Cold Steve Austin's Path of Rage from the, for the whole month, actually, from last uh, In Your House when he hit the stunner on JR to last week when we talked about Stone Cold Steve Austin in Madison Square Garden hitting the stunner on Vince McMahon for the first time ever. He's just been on a war path. Stone Cold Steve Austin is currently injured with a neck injury due to the pile driver given to him at SummerSlam by Owen Hart. Stone Cold Steve Austin had to relinquish the IC title. There's a whole IC title tournament going on right now. Speaking of, like, we were literally just talking about how the prestige of the Intercontinental title, Stone Cold Steve Austin literally had to relinquish that title due to a broken neck. And because of that, he's on a warpath. He won't leave. As much as people want to go home and stay home and relax and get healed up, this man is like working within the system. We're here for you. We care for you. Stone Cold Steve Austin does not care. He wants to create war. He wants Owen Hart's ass. So with that being said, Stone Cold Steve Austin is here. He's going to cause hell. He says tonight he'll be out there for the Owen Hart versus Farouk finals match for the tournament. We then get the uh, we get the WWF coming out and saluting the NWA legends who made a name for themselves in St. Louis. JR comes out with Sonny, and they start to bring out some wrestling legends. Um, they brought out Gene Kaninsky. They brought out Jack Briscoe. They brought out Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk. They brought out Harley Race. They brought out Luthez. Luthez, the fucking Babe Ruth of wrestling, Luthez. And they brought out the booker, Sam Mushnick, that made it all possible. That was amazing. I thought that that was really nice. And it's 
not too often that you saw WWF really pay homage to history and the ones who came before them, especially from another company, because they were paying homage to the NWA. And if you think about it at this time, the NWA was more associated with WCW than they ever were with the WWF. So I thought that this was a nice, you know, little thing that the WWE or F did here. Next matchup, we have the finals to the IC title tournament. It is Owen Hart versus Farouk. Out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's on commentary. He's just causing a ruckus. He's talking shit to Vince McMahon. He's talking shit to JR. He goes to the French, uh, the French announced team. He starts talking shit to them. Um, Tito Santana is on the Spanish announced team, and he starts talking shit to Steel Santana, saying, get your old ass in the ring, hit you with a stunner too, pal. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin is just comedy gold on this. But after a good matchup between Owen Hart and Farouk, Jim the Anvil Nightheart comes out, which distracts the referee, giving Stone Cold Steve Austin an opening to interfere in the matchup. And surprisingly, yes, he wants Owen Hart, but surprisingly, he hits Farouk with the title causing Farouk to get knocked out and Owen Hart rolling up Farouk for the 1-2-3 victory. Owen Hart is now your new IC champion once again. But, but everyone was questioning, oh, why would Stone Cold do this? Why would Stone Cold help Owen Hart? The thing is clear. Stone Cold wants to win that title back, but he wants Owen Hart's ass, so he's going to want to win it from Owen Hart. Sorry about that, guys. Next, we had a four-on-four brawl, which I, I thought was one of the low points of the night. It was the DOA, the Disciples of Apocalypse, versus Los Boricuas. This is at the time where Vince Russo was very gang warfare heavy and faction warfare, the Boricuas and the Nation of Domination and the fucking biker gang and the Truth Commission. And I, I never really liked this time period for that. Like, I thought that this was a little eh. Um, especially like, I'm not going to say it here. I'm not going to go down the path of the history with the Harris brothers, uh, Don and Ron Harris and their questionable tattoos and their questionable imagery that they would wear. That was very, I don't want to get demonetized, but you know what I'm talking about. If you guys know Ron and Don, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, Courtney says stone cold versus Owen Hart is such a classic. Hell yeah. I, I, still cringe every time I see that SummerSlam match of Owen Hart dropping Stone Cold Ryan and said, but definitely a classic, classic feud. I'm going to skip through this uh, Los Boricuas DOA match. DOA wins. I wasn't really a big fan of this. We got the co-main event. It is a flag match. It is a tag team flag match, but the rules are you could win by grabbing the flag or pinfall or submission, and it is the teams of Bret Hart and British Bulldog versus Vader and the Patriot, who came out to Kurt Angle's music which was not really Kurt Angle's music at the time. It's the Patriots music. But still, this was a decent matchup. Um, good to see Vader mix it up with Bret Hart. I always thought that they had good chemistry. Uh, it was a little clunky at times when the Patriot was in the ring. Rest in peace, Del Wilkes. But I, nothing against him. I just thought that like when he was in the ring, it was a little clunky. Um, it looked like British Bulldog lost some weight. He's starting to like lean up a little bit, where a couple months ago, he was really built and heavy here. He's starting to lean up. Um, I thought the match was decent, you know, for a flag match. I thought that they were trying to hide the fact that Vader wasn't going to climb the pole. So they made it pinfall a submission. Eh, whatever. We're here for the main event. Why else would anybody else be talking about the show? If we ain't going to talk about the main event, 
Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker inside of the very first ever Hell in a Cell. This matchup was a five-star classic. You know, five stars is something that Mr. Dave Meltzer be throwing around like crazy nowadays. You get five stars. You get five stars, right? But when you watch matches like this, this is a genuine five stars. Shawn Michaels versus The Undertaker in this Hell in a Cell was an absolute classic. Good luck Thursday on WrestleMania beat the 13-year-old. Is, is Noah 13? Because I, I don't even know. Like I just knew he, he hit me up on Twitter saying, I'm going to win your title. But I appreciate you, Courtney. <laughs> Thank you. I definitely... Shout out to uh, Off the Top Ropes podcast. Shout out to WrestleNary. Check me out. I am the WrestleNary champion. That means the wrestling trivia. I am the king of that shit. And I hold, I'm going to hold on to that title, but I'm going to be a fighting champion. So anyone can step up and try to take the title, but your boy ain't going anywhere. Yeah, Noah's 13. That's what's up. You know what I mean? When I was 13, I was a, already a little wrestling encyclopedia. Yeah, I can't even say the word. Wrestling encyclopedia. So I expect nothing less from young Noah. Anyway, this matchup was a classic. Five stars for sure. Bloody brawl. I love the fact that it was made to keep both men inside and made to keep everyone else, DX, China, Rick Rude, everyone else on the outside so there was no interference. But... Shawn Michaels still found a way to weasel himself outside of the Hell in a Cell by attacking a cameraman. Uh, when he did that, we had Shawn Michaels climb to the top of the cell. Before McFoley took that dive, Shawn Michaels took a dive, even though it was from a lot less feet. He still took a pretty nasty bump from the top of the cell from The Undertaker. This was insane. But when you think of this matchup, you think of the end. You think of Undertaker on the verge of winning, and then... Lights go out, we get this ominous music, and we have the debut of Kane. That's got to be Kane! That's got to be Kane! I always love Vince McMahon's call there. But definitely awesome to see Kane. Kane rips the door off the hinges, comes in, has a stare down with his brother, The Undertaker. Undertaker's selling it like a million bucks. He's looking like, I can't believe you're still alive. And then Kane hits the Tombstone pile driver, which at this time was The Undertaker's finishing move, causing The Undertaker to lose the matchup to Shawn Michaels. Meaning at the next pay-per-view, Survivor Series in Montreal, it will be Shawn Michaels versus Bret Hart, and we all know what happens there. But this matchup was absolutely a classic. I thoroughly enjoyed this. The Game in Entourage says, classic match, hell yeah. Five stars without a doubt. This was just amazing. This is wrestling masterpiece. Like, they had... A bunch of flashy moves, but they also told a brilliant story in the ring. And no matter how much the WWE went out of their way to keep Sean inside of a cage with Undertaker, he still found his way out. Like, that was a classic, classic story. I love it. I love the call. The game not right? It's got to be Kane. I love that shit. Lennox Coleman, Kane, 20th anniversary coming soon. Hell yeah. Kane is one of my favorites. You know what I mean? I always loved that gimmick growing up. I hate it when he took his fucking mask off. I I was one of those fans where it's like, you could have kept the mask on forever. It never would have got old to me. Like, I loved when Kane had that mask on. But especially, like, this original Kane with the full bodysuit. Like, Kane was awesome to me. And I remember when I was younger, I was only three years old at this time. I remember being terrified of Kane. I remember my mom taking me to a live event. And when Kane came out, I needed my mom and dad to take me to the fucking concession stands because I was terrified of that man. Fucking petrified of Kane, yo. 
when that fire came out, that shit was loud as fuck. I was so scared. But anyway, Kane is the man. Kane is a legend. This show was great. I think the show was 100% carried by the main event because the undercard, you had his high points, but it was a, it was a little, uh, but that main event made the show a must watch. So I don't know if you've been living under a rock. I don't know if there was anybody in the chat who's never seen this, but if you've never seen this matchup, you got to go out of your way and watch Bad Blood 97. Watch the main event. Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels inside of Hell in a Cell. The debut of Kane. You cannot be a wrestling fan and not watch this matchup. Five-star classic. I appreciate you all. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me today. Go enjoy Raw. It's about to start in about 15 minutes. I appreciate all the love and support. We're going to be talking about more coming up here on Wednesday. We're going to be going back in time to ECW Hardcore TV. The next episode in 1998, we are on the path of war between Taz and Bam Bam and fucking Al Snow and Shane Douglas. We're on the road to WrestlePalooza 1998. Don't want to miss that. And we'll be talking all about tonight's Monday Night Raw on Wednesday's episode of the Wrestling Dorian Podcast. Subscribe to the Circle Debate, though, because I'll be on here tomorrow to talk New Japan Pro Wrestling with my boy Ivan and Dan from Cage My IQ. Shout out to them. I'll be here on uh, Tuesday to talk New Japan G1 Climax. I'll be here on Thursday for the Circle Debate episode 115. And I'll be here for Top 5 on Circle of Debate on Friday, not including me being here for the rest of the Lord podcast on Wednesday and Friday as well. So there's going to be a whole lot of me here on this channel. So if you fuck with me, hit that subscribe button. I love you all. Thank you so much for supporting. Thank you so much for riding with the rest of DeLorean. Great story, dude. Thank you, bro. Courtney, enjoy Raw, y'all. I appreciate everybody in the chats. Thank you, everybody who showed out tonight. Thank you for everybody in the chats. I love you all. Stay safe. Stay strong. Stay positive. We get to doubt, Trump. There we go. One love. Peace out. How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. Expressing your love can look many different ways. And with the right jewelry gift from Blue Nile, it can truly sparkle. Blue Nile's collection of classic diamond jewelry makes for the kind of gift that speaks volumes without saying a single word. Or switch things up with a sapphire piece sure to spark conversation. Either way, Blue Nile's diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Express yourself with Blue Nile, the original online jeweler, at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.